Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Intercepted. I'm Jeremy Scahill coming to you from the offices of The Intercept in New York City, and this is a special bonus episode of Intercepted. Buried deep under headlines about Donald Trump's impeachment, quote-unquote acquittal, the Democratic primaries, Pete, Bernie, Bloomberg, was news out of Camp Justice in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Last month, the two masterminds of the CIA's torture program were called as witnesses in a pretrial hearing for the men accused of plotting the 9-11 attacks. Dr. James Mitchell was in the courtroom for a pretrial hearing for five 9-11 suspects who had been subject to torture, euphemistically called enhanced interrogation techniques. When the Capitol trial at Guantanamo's war court finally happens next year, in 2021, it will have been two decades since the crime took place. Here are some of the truths that have long been forgotten. The prison at Guantanamo is still open. The people who engineered torture were never held accountable, and the men who may have been involved with the September 11th attacks have not yet been convicted. The problem of Guantanamo Bay has only been mentioned in one Democratic debate. Why couldn't the Obama administration close Guantanamo Bay? We attempted to close Guantanamo Bay, but you have to have congressional authority to do it. They've kept it open. And the fact is that we, in fact, think it's the greatest—it is an advertisement for, for creating terror. Look, what we have done around the world. When Trump took office, he canceled transfers for men who were cleared to leave the Guantanamo prison. He also campaigned to fill that prison back up. This morning I watched President Obama talking about Gitmo, right? Guantanamo Bay. Which by the way, which by the way, we are keeping open. Which we are keeping open. And we're gonna load it up with some bad dudes, believe me, we're gonna load it up. Of those 40 men who remain today at the Guantanamo Bay prison, five of them are now involved in what's known as the 9-11 trial. For almost eight years, this infuriating and Kafkaesque case has dragged on. There have been at least 40 pretrial hearings. The case is completely marred by CIA torture at black sites. Now, new questions about the FBI's involvement have made a path to conviction even more clouded. The government's obsession with keeping every detail classified continues to add fuel to an already out-of-control fire. Arguments abound over what can even be said in court. Most of what happened to these men, where they were, how they were treated, it's classified. We've reported on Intercepted in the past that some of these men, like 
Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, known as KSM, the alleged mastermind of the 9-11 attacks, first went through secret CIA-operated outposts, known as black sites. We heard reporter Carol Rosenberg talk about how the current CIA director, Gina Haspel, may have run a black site at Guantanamo Bay itself. And I look at the words on the page and I'm like, Gina Haspel ran a black site at Guantanamo? It's been widely reported that she certainly ran a black site in Thailand, and the Guantanamo episode continues to be, you know, really mysterious. And then I I go on a mission to try and figure out the truthfulness of this. And as you would know, Jeremy, those who know for sure can't say, but those who know the program have a context where they can talk about it. I'm not saying it's a fact. I'm saying this piece of information was declassified. The CIA won't confirm it. They won't deny it. One of the reasons it makes perfect sense is that what they have acknowledged is that she had a number of covert short-term assignments that they will not describe throughout her career, and that would fit perfectly within it. Defense lawyers over these years of pretrial hearings have argued that because of CIA torture and even Haspel's past involvement, a fair trial for these men is impossible. Here are defense attorneys Alka Pradhan and James Connell in a recent documentary called The Trial, describing issues that they've faced as part of the legal team for Amar al-Baluchi. This is a death penalty trial, and we're supposed to be entitled to every scrap of evidence that could be material to the case. Everywhere we go, we're looking for information that we have not gotten from the U.S. government like where they may have been held, which the government has said absolutely flat out they consider to be classified and will never tell us. Um, That's sort of crucial (laughs) to the case. For years, uh, everything that Amar said was classified. You know, if he said, uh, excuse me, can I go to the restroom, that was classified. Um, That was exceptionally complicated. One of the few things that we've sort of won in the case is having that system rolled back. And so now his ordinary day-to-day communications are not classified. But even now, anything that he wants to say about his time in black sites, we have to have reviewed for classification. That's just one example of self-inflicted wounds that the United States government imposes on itself and the people who work for it that make things super complicated. We're gonna hear more from Alka Pradhan in a moment, but first in January, The Intercept's Margot Williams went down to Camp Justice at Guantanamo to cover an extraordinary moment at the war court where Dr. James Mitchell was brought in for questioning. Mitchell, of course, is the CIA contractor who, with no previous experience in interrogations, designed the so-called Enhanced Interrogation Techniques program, which amounted to nothing but torture and produced zero results. Mitchell, over the decades, has not been quiet. He's written a book called Enhanced Interrogation. He's been the subject of a Vice documentary. You know, one of the rumors that I, I, I don't remember which journalist it was started about me was that I somehow walked up to the front gate of the agency, banged on the door and said, you know, there's torturing to be done, let me in. And he's given many interviews over the years. The core problem lies at the way that the current versions of the Quran and the Hadiths and the violence that are in that are accepted as being the true word of Allah passed down unerringly. And our PC culture prevents us from challenging that. 
In a civil case in 2017, Mitchell and his partner in torture, Bruce Jessen, were questioned in a videotaped deposition. We were soldiers doing what we were instructed to do. This is Bruce Jessen, a former military psychologist who became a CIA contractor, and his colleague, James Mitchell. Uh, Any expertise in the art of interview? My God, I'm a clinical psychologist. Interviews are what we do. They've been described as the architects of the extremely harsh interrogation program used at secret CIA prisons after 9-11. But that case against the two psychologists was settled. Mitchell and Jessen have never faced criminal prosecution. Mitchell appeared for the first time in open court last month. He's previously admitted to personally waterboarding Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. In the Guantanamo court, he sat just yards away from that very prisoner. Margot Williams was there for all of it. And while there, she brought her audio recorder and attended some press briefings from defense lawyers. Dr. Mitchell in particular in his book talks about how he knows some of the requirements came from the 9-11 Commission, right? And given the volume of requirements that came directly from the FBI, um, you know, our guess would be that he had some knowledge, both of them had some knowledge, that these were coming from the FBI and that there were FBI agents involved uh, in Washington and Pentbaum who were coming up with these questions for with the purposes of the 9-11 investigation. Uh, and that's what we want to find out, is, is how much did they know while they were torturing uh, these men. That was attorney Alka Pradhan. These briefings from the defense teams were the only audio Margot was allowed to record. To explain more about this hearing and what she saw at Camp Justice, here is Margot Williams. I was at Guantanamo in January of this year to watch the 40th pretrial hearing session in the trial against the 9-11 defendants who are detainees in Guantanamo. I'm Margot from The Intercept, Margot Williams. Lisa Hajar, Middle East Report. Student boards at the Guardian. When the media and the non-governmental observers and the family members of victims of the 9-11 attacks come down to Guantanamo to watch these hearings in person. We sit behind a glass in a kind of gallery, and there's four rows of chairs. We can see what's going on in the courtroom, but what we hear is on a 40-second delay And we see that 40-second delay video on screens above us. So we can at the same time see what's going on live and watch it and hear it on a 40-second delay. The reason for the 40-second delay is that if any classified information gets mentioned and we're not, we don't have clearances to hear this classified information, they turn off the sound. They put white noise on, and the screen goes to white. This is probably one of the most consequential hearings we have had yet in the rounding on the eighth year of pretrial hearings in the 9-11 case. Uh, And of course, during these two weeks, we will be taking the testimony of Drs. Mitchell and Jessen, who were involved in the inception of the CIA 
This is the second time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These five defendants in the 9-11 attacks have been brought before the military court. It's a military court. It's not like a regular court. And it was originally the Bush administration brought them before the court. And then when President Obama became president, and if you remember the first day of his administration, he said he was going to close Guantanamo. I have said repeatedly that I intend to close Guantanamo and I will follow through on that. Uh, I've said repeatedly that America doesn't torture and I'm going to make sure that we don't torture. Uh, those, are, uh, those are part and parcel of an, an effort to regain uh, America's moral stature in the world. The idea was they were going to bring those charged to the U.S. and charge them with crimes under the federal judiciary, Southern District of New York. And then Congress voted to not allow the Guantanamo detainees to come to the United States. They could not come to trial in the United States, so the trial had to start over again under the military commissions in Guantanamo. Since 2012... This case, which is the case against the 9-11 defendants, it's a capital case. They are being charged with crimes that can result in the death penalty. And pretrial hearings have been continuing in this case since 2012. This hearing was the 40th pretrial hearing. Um, we're going to hear uh, about a lot of different things from Drs. Mitchell and Jessen during these uh, couple of weeks. We're going to talk about the FBI's deep involvement in what has been called up till now the CIA torture program, but in fact is shaping up to have been a full government program uh, of torture for these detainees that turned into a full government cover-up uh, for the purpose of the current prosecution and eventual execution of Mr. Albulucci. Over the past couple of years, what the defense attorneys have been able to discover and put forward is that the FBI was also involved all along in the providing questions to the detainees while they were in the black sites. 
So the FBI did not have clean hands. They were not at arm's length from the whole process while the defendants were being tortured. That's kind of what the issue is right now. Should those interviews that the FBI did after 2006, should those be thrown out as well? And then what do they have to pursue for the case? Dr. James Mitchell and Dr. Bruce Jessen, they are psychologists, and they were asked by the CIA to help come up with some techniques with which they could interrogate these top prisoners that were in CIA custody after their captures. I disagree with this, the suggestion that we were architects because we weren't breaking new ground, you know, in the sense that, uh, that architects do. This is the first time they've appeared in open court and more significantly, I believe, when, one of the reasons that a lot of press went down to Guantanamo to watch this was it was, of course, the first time they had seen these five men that they knew from having interrogated them in the past. So the defendants were, for the first time, facing the men who had interrogated them in CIA black sites. Are you able to see how your client reacted to watching him today? He, yes. Um, Mr. Ruiz told us that when he asked Mr. Housawi about what he thought of Mitchell, he kind of shrugged and said, arrogant. The one word he used was to use arrogant, so he said arrogant. Um... He also described him as angry when, um, when he had had the uh, the run-in with him in two thousand and uh, three, uh, one episode. Um, but this, his main reaction really um, was not so much to to Mitchell, but was um, he was actually very um, uh, appreciative. Um, what do you mean by that? Appreciative that somebody that he had seen when he was first brought here has actually been brought in to explain what he was doing. No, he was he was appreciative of our efforts on his behalf, uh, and uh, in a in a way there was moving, you know, uh, and uh... Ruiz was quite outspoken in his questioning of Dr. Mitchell, he confronted Dr. Mitchell repeatedly with incidents that he characterized as torture. At the end of the day, he played a clip in which Dr. Mitchell himself kind of made a joke about the use of the word torture. You know, yeah, the, the we never used the word torture. Yeah, because torture is a crime. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess. But I mean, it me gets used colloquially. Yeah, uh, and he used the word torture, although he didn't say torture; he said torches. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, to me, it's fucking semantics. But um, at any rate, the attorney Ruiz said after objections to the word 
torture by the prosecution. I know torture's a dirty word. I'll tell you what, Judge, I'm not going to sanitize this for their concerns. In this hearing, a lot of psychological terminology was used to, to make it sound like there is a academic and scientific logic and method to the kind of techniques, I'm saying techniques, the kind of torture that was used on these prisoners. Some of the phrases used were intelligence requirements, abusive drift countermeasures to resistance, Pavlovian response, learned helplessness, negative reinforcement, a conditioning strategy. They showed a chart of moral disengagement. One of the techniques is something called walling, in which the guy is thrown against a wall, and the wall is safe because it's made of plywood, and it's constructed so that it bounces, it's not solid. When walling is used, the term walling, they use a beach towel to wrap around the prisoner's neck so he won't be harmed. And then later, when even when they're in a uh, non-coercive situation, they take the towel, these doctors took the towel and put it just so the, the prisoner could see them so they would know that if they did not behave or answer the questions, that they might have to have that towel around their neck and be thrown against the wall again. They called it a Pavlovian tool. And so these same guys were in the room being reminded of the, what they'd en- endured as prisoners in the black sites by the sight of the, the people who had used these methods on them. It's not as if I'm overwhelmed by it, because I've spent 18 years reading testimony and reports about torture. It was striking in this proceeding at these hearings with with Dr. Mitchell, who actually conducted these interrogations and debriefings and used, used these, what he calls techniques, and I'm using that word too, but the preponderance of euphemism in these proceedings did kind of overwhelm me. Margot Williams is the research editor for Investigations at The Intercept. Years before names were publicly released, Margot compiled the first list of the Guantanamo detainees and assembled a comprehensive Gitmo database for The New York Times. Her latest article for The Intercept is titled, At Guantanamo Bay, Torture Apologists Take Refuge in Empty Code Words and Euphemisms. More of Margot's reporting on the pretrial hearing of James Mitchell can be found at theintercept.com. Margot Williams spoke with Intercepted associate producer Elise Swain. And that does it for this special bonus episode of Intercepted. Until next week, I'm Jeremy Scahill. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.